Another podcast, uh-huh. recording spree, uh-huh. recording but, I, spree yeah. but I don't mind one bit you see, because it's about my favorite thing, the tree. Oh, cool. <laughs> I was just interrupting you. I didn't realize no, no, you were no. actually it, saying it a makes poem. It, it, makes it, sound, it makes it sound even more, even more like uh, uh, Dr. Seuss. I love that. I love it. Yeah, so. and, we're t- and we're talking about a poem that's about a tree today. That's so right. So welcome, everybody. So, Bill, you were thinking about this poem on the way over here today, and right, this morning yes. I went to the, the post office before I came to the museum, and I just, this so fortuitous, what was in my box was this giant survey from the Arbor Day Foundation. Arbor Day Foundation. You know, what are the... What are the odds? <laughs> I don't know. You it's know? just like we definitely picked the right poem for this. Yeah. I mean, this is a big envelope, and it's got a letter that's very persuasive. It has a questionnaire of, with questions like, have you ever climbed a tree? Uh, who hasn't? When you were a child, did you right. ever play under or amongst trees? Oh, my gosh, of course, yes. <laughs> did you yes. ever collect leaves, acorns, or pine cones for a school project? And limbs and roots <laughs> and uh, bark and so forth. Uh-huh. And then it's got, oh, all these free gifts that I'm going to get with a donation. Then it has this big oh, the, sheet full of stickers. The stickers are mailing labels. <laughs> yes, with my are, name on it. So, so hard to come by, yes. let me tell you. A calendar for 2022. Well, that's kind of cool. With a cardinal on a, looks like a some sort of cedar tree. It looks it, like a, it looks like a coniferous form of, of a tree. <laughs> and it has a Big quote, word. he that plants trees loves others beside himself. That's very true. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, other things. And of course, the form, wherein to send my money. And they got me. They, they got, got me. They, I got to send got them money you. for all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I have I have sent money to the Arbor Day Foundation as well, and it's a I think it's a worthy uh, foundation. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, it really yes. is. And they've sent me all those little twig trees, and I've killed them all before too. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you know, when you out here where we're at, when you plant a tiny twig tree, the other trees look down and say, "Try to match this." <laughs> You know, try to be as big as I am. Yeah, I'll try to thrive. Sucka. You're going to die. You're going to die. Yeah. Yeah. It's a noble effort. Planting a tree is always a noble effort. It is. Mm-hmm. And it's not for you. It's for future generations. For future generations. For the most part. Yeah. I was at the gathering place yesterday walking around. It's at the park in Tulsa. It's a wonderful park. And I noticed that some of the trees they've planted there are quite old because the bark is I mean the trunk is quite large and I thought this was a deliberate placement of this tree here because it uh, it has this uh, large uh, trunk and it has these uh, it was a bonsai in shape so they have I think quite a lot of uh, thought goes into their the planning of the uh, uh, landscaping at that yeah. park yeah very very impressive yes. very impressive so today's poem is about a tree and it is a poem that's from a 2015 exhibit that we had at the museum. This was kind of a neat exhibit because it was, we made it when we were switching from our first location to our second. We're actually at our third location right now. But Lucky we, number three. Yeah. We went from the, my dad's old machine shop, which is where the museum was at first, to a portable building that I bought that a woman had been using as a sewing a sewing 
it was her business, her mm-hmm. sewing business right. in there. So it was well insulated and had electricity and all those wonderful things that um, not so much in the yeah. old, <laughs> old machine shop. And so it happened that we got in there in uh, November or December. And so we did our first exhibit was on poetry. Poetry. Yes. I get it. So everything in cool. the museum was trees. Trees. And poems about trees. Right. And there were all kinds of uh, trees that we made and put in there. There were some traditional ones. And my sister Kelly, who's into computers, she made one out of computer parts. Oh, cool. There's one right. made out of bones. A bone a tree. Great, yeah. Bone I'm a, tree. I'm a great lover of, of dolls and doll parts and broken dolls. So there was a doll tree. Doll tree. Yeah. And did Roxanne do a jewel tree? Well, not at that time. I th- she was more into the bones. The I bones. Think. Yeah. She's I think into the she bones. She put the bones, bones okay. together. Well. And um, so this poem is from that exhibit. There were little, all different color uh, pieces of paper that were cut out in the shape of a Christmas tree, and people were encouraged to write a poem about uh, trees on these. And then they were hung up, and there were quite a few of them. Were there? The museum. Yeah. yeah. Quite a, and and th- this one struck your uh, fancy, so Oh, to speak. yeah. I you think know. this is a wonderful little yeah. poem. Yeah, and this one, unlike the others, uh, some of the others, has the author's uh, right, name. right. This is written. This is a poem written by Journey Johnston, who lives here in Locust Grove, and I did contact her to make sure it was okay to okay. to say her poem and and her name, and she said yes. Of she course. consented. Yes. Nice. Thank you, Journey. <laughs> <laughs> so this was from 2015, and she was 10 years old. 10 years old. When she wrote this, so well, she's how 17 cool is that? now. Actually, her birthday was just yesterday. Well, happy belated birthday, Journey. <laughs> and she's <laughs> a twin, so it was her twin. Well, I'm a twin as well, so <laughs> cheers to twins. Her, her uh, twin sister, Jacy's birthday was yesterday also, the well, 22nd. I imagine. You know. <laughs> and there is a dynamic. Their twins they, have the same birthday. And people have asked me when I'm a twin, you know, <laughs> My twin happens to be female, and they've asked me uh, if we're identical, and I, I stop and say, uh, I'm left-handed, and she's right-handed, so a n- little difference there, just a little difference. But happy belated birthday to both of them. Yeah. Do you want to read it, Bill? I would love to read this. Um, this is by Journey Johnson. Trees grow short. Trees grow tall. Some grow wide. Some not at all. Some trees reach the sky. Some hang low. Some hold shape. Some let it go. <laughs> I just that is just so lyrical, and also, uh, Journey. I wanted to let you know that the way you wrote "tall," I noticed. Yes. you wrote "tall," tall. <laughs> you wrote "wide," wide, and I just think that is very cool. It adds an extra dimension to these to these pieces, and I think that's very. Uh, clever. That's Very true. clever. And you can see, if you're you're listening, you've listened to us before, you know that you can see these poems, the, the original poem, on WackyPoemLife.com. So go there and look at the, the purple tree that Journey wrote this poem on and the kind of concrete uh, level of um, of the poem that, that Bill was just explaining. And we didn't even say who we were. Have we just gotten past that, Bill? Well, yeah. I, <laughs> just to realize that. I'm Sean Perkins. Hello, I'm sitting, hello, I'm sitting across from Bill Guthrie. Uh, you know, we are – we're. More that we're pleased I'm to be Bill here. Guthrie. Yeah, we're we are switching roles, but we're just pleased as punch to be here. You know, this is always kind of a fun thing to do for me. I always, you know, enjoy coming and being able to uh, spew my thoughts out to the world. Spew your thoughts. <laughs> well, <laughs> now if you haven't listened to us before, what we do is we just take a poem or a piece of writing, anything that someone who has visited the museum, the Rural Oklahoma Museum of Poetry in downtown Locust Grove, has left. Well, it wasn't always downtown, but 
It is now. We are now. We are now. Past year that that they've left in the museum and and we talk about it. So yeah. Yeah, it is kind of a a little archival piece of paper that people might be pleased to know that we have that you have rediscovered and we are discussing. I think it's a very cool thing to do. You know, I love how this poem ends. Some hold shape, some let it go. Some just let it go like us. When you get older, you know, when you're younger in your 20s, you want to hold your shape. Now that we're in our 50s, we're going to just let it go. Yeah. And what's yeah. the point? Just hands off. Hey, right. Enjoy, just enjoy life. Just around wherever you want. Spew, drop those pine spew cones. yourself. Drop those pine cones wherever you want to. <laughs> Needles, leaves, acorns. You bet. Just, <laughs> you bet. Let your nuts drop. <laughs> Oh, no comment. <laughs> I can guarantee I you there are people careful. behind the wheel of a car laughing right now. I can guarantee, you know, and then stay on the road. Stay on the road, folks. Don't veer. Oh, that was good, Sean. That was good. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so um, I like I like the repetition in this in this poem that that Journey wrote in the, you know, some do this, some do that. In fact, I'm calling this episode "Some Trees." Some trees. Some trees. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, she wrote about some trees reach the sky mm-hmm. and some tree, some uh, hang low. And I did some – I was talking to you about a little research that I did. And the world's tallest tree is a giant sequoia, and General Sherman has been outranked by uh, his cousin, uh, Hyperion, uh, who is 379.7 feet tall. Wow. That is – I mean, wow. sequoias are just – they're almost – magical to me they're the largest living things on earth that can be seen from space and its distant cousin just to the north the dwarf willow that lives in the arctic tundra is a categorized as a tree and it grows two inches in height oh my god so from two inches to almost 400 feet i mean the span just boggles my mind i saw an illustration of for scale and at one in next at the opposite end of this hyperion uh uh grid scale was this kind of smallish dot and i thought i enlarged it and it looked like oh that's a giraffe i thought that's just a giraffe over there i thought oh my gosh so i must be like the size of a giraffe knee but it just amazes me the size of uh, of these living creatures which i call them creatures mm-hmm. so that's just something that i do so. such a variety of them oh my gosh yes and right. all these ways that journey's mentioning their height and their width and um you know how they have a shape or they don't have a shape yeah well and what i enjoyed journey about your poem is the uh you're at 10 years old you notice trees at 10 years old i noticed trees trees are one of my favorite things on this earth it is just amazing tree has four letters life has four letters so tree and life and of course you know everyone knows the tree of life we're getting spiritual here. That, 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 that's that's the, uh, the, the the that's the ghost here at Romp, folks. Come and come and come in and see her. <laughs> but I just they want it is spiritual. It's this poem is very philosophical. Philosophical, actually. I mean, it gives you a philosophy of life, doesn't it? It really does. This is, yeah. This is the way it is. That there's all kinds of trees, i.e., people. Mm-hmm in the world and all different shapes and sizes and all different kinds of activities and ways that they live and just that's okay and their philosophies some are like this some are like that some are like that some philosophies on life some people are rigid and they're a little bit of that 
Yeah, right. That's right. You know, some are rigid, some are not. Some drop, some don't. I haven't had anything to drink, Bill. You just looked at me well, like. <laughs> you know, I I did bring a little. I did bring a little Santa bag here. We don't know what's in it, but you know, there might be some grape juice. We don't know. Oh. To enjoy after the podcast, well, we'll see. I didn't know that. We will see. You know, Santa's little little bombos bag here. So. Well, the um, the great British poet uh, Percy B. Shelley said that poets are the unacknowledged legislators of the world, and I think Journey's poem is a very good example of right, that. Right, right. Is this is um, this is the wisdom of life? Right, right. In well, a tree, in a poem about a tree. Right, and I was going to ask you, Sean, um, about trees. I love trees during all seasons. But this, this, uh, we've entered winter now, and uh, there are no leaves. And to me, this is the most uh, except interesting. Except for the evergreens. Except for, those see, aren't leaves, though, are they? They're, they are modified leaves. Okay. I, I stand corrected. Oh, really? You're, you are correct. A uh, needle, like a pine needle. A, a, a needle is a modified leaf. leaf. Oh wow! Coniferous uh, trees do have modified leaves, so I do stand corrected. Uh, the deciduous trees have all dropped uh, Bill, their leaves. Did you go to college and learn about, I, about trees? I hate to to sound so dang smart, but you know what? It's hard to hide this this into look. I like it, but, <laughs> but I love I I, was, I love trees during spring and summer when they when they bud and, and leaf. But right now, when there are no leaves, is to me the most interesting time to look at a deciduous tree because it's almost like they you can see their scars and their journey and what they went through to be their height or their lack of height Mm -hmm. and as i'm driving along to work i do what i call a hawk watch i'm able to see hawks in trees Mm -hmm. and that's a a fun thing for me to 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 look for but trees are most sculptural in my opinion deciduous trees during this time of year when you can see the the trunks and the limbs and the branches Mm -hmm. and it's so interesting to see the twists and turns and and to hear the the wind through them, like when I'm walking the dogs, I can it, it, it makes almost a whistling sound. Mm-hmm. But I just love trees in winter, and bear, I always I always have. The bare ruined choirs were late. The sweet birds sang. Ooh, that's how Shakespeare okay. described them. Mm-hmm. I should know that, but that was I didn't, and that sounds cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just thought I I love I love the skeletal look of a of a tree without leaves. Mm-hmm. I really do. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a poem about uh, trees by Wendell Berry. I, he, he was always writing about nature and, uh, and all kinds of things in the, the natural world. This one's called Woods. Woods. I part the outthrusting branches and come in beneath the blessed and the blessing trees. Though I am silent, there is singing around me. Though I am dark, there is vision around me. Though I am heavy, there is light. There is flight around me. That is true. That is true. Because every level of a tree has life, from the roots to the trunk to the branches to the canopy. Mm -hmm. There are entire ecosystems in South American trees, you know, and creatures never discover each other on the same living thing, the same tree. Wow. Again, you know, too much nature, perhaps, but I love I love PBS and the nature programs. I I like how in his poem he, he calls the trees, they are blessed and they are blessing. Right. That's true. Yeah. They're, they are both. Mm-hmm. They provide shade and they provide oxygen, you know, and it's just uh, – and when you see these uh, uh, clearings uh, of the way the, the decimation of the rainforest, it just absolutely uh, – it just, it just devastates me to think of, do you know what you were doing? Do you have any idea? 
yes. how long it took for this thing to get this height and now in two seconds you take it down yeah and people know. if you got your arbor day foundation survey in the mail too you know do something about it come on plant a tree you, you got know. some stickers in there and you got all kinds of interesting knowledge and cough up some money for it absolutely you know uh, i i my favorite author wrote something about a tree, and I'd like to get your opinion on it. Okay, it's right. it, it, it's just what he. I thought it was a poem, but it's not really a poem. It's more of a uh, just a thought. Well, well, let's see. Edwin, Do you know you know what one definition of a poem is? Poem. One definition. I should know this. Um, I mean, just I mean, my definition of a that? poem is if you write it and you call it a poem, it's a poem. It's a. I like that. Okay. I like that. If you write it and you call it a poem. Okay. Okay. This is Edwin Teal, who is my favorite author. Check him out. Uh, he wrote, for a great death comes as a gradual transformation. Its vitality ebbs slowly. Even when life has abandoned it entirely, it remains a majestic thing. On some hilltop, a dead tree may dominate the landscape for miles around. Alone among living things, it retains its character and dignity after death. Plans wither, animals disintegrate, but a dead tree may be as arresting, as filled with personality as death, in death as in life itself. Even in its final moments when the massive trunk lies prone and it has moldering uh, moldered into a ridge covered with mosses and fungi it arrived it arrives at a fitting and noble end it enriches and refreshes the earth and later as part of other green and growing things it rises again cool and i thought perfect I like how he calls it, it has a personality personality has, right he sort of has he has my philosophy well yeah on the way he describes that that's how i want to go I just want to dissolve into the earth. And, well, you know, you know, they do I have. I don't want to contaminate it. I want to add something to it. They do have these things, you know, without getting too maudlin, but they do have these things called tree pods where you, oh, yeah. you fertilize. I've looked into that. You've looked into Oh, yeah. And I'd it, like to be in one of those human composters, you know, where I've they heard put you of in this. there and they just kind of spin you I've around. I've heard of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, it, 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 it revitalized. Then they put you out under a tree to, to nurture it. To like nur- it has nurtured you mm-hmm. all your life. Right. Cool? I, 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 I think it's very interesting. I think it is very interesting. Certainly do. Bill, did you know why the pine tree got in trouble? Pine tree, pine trees are always getting in trouble. Yes. And those cones. It, it's those cones. No, uh, it was because it was being naughty. Naughty. Naughty pine. K N O D T Y. That was a good barbecue place, by the way, in West in West Tulsa. Just FYI. The best sweet barbecue sauce in town. You know, we used to collect pinions in in. Western New Mexico. Not, not many people know how to do that. Spread the blanket under this coniferous tree and uh, shake it, and the pinions, round nuts fall out of these the modified pine cones, and you roast them. So good. Oh, cool. So hard to find now. Yeah. So hard to find. People in New Mexico know what I'm talking about. The the pinion, it's a sunflower with – that's it's a fat little sunflower is what it is. Boy, they're good. <laughs> <laughs> fat little sunflower. Yeah. Hard, hard, hard nut to crack. <laughs> What what is every single tree's least favorite month? Least favorite month. Ooh. Probably uh I would say December for they get cut down. September Oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. You know that works for December too though, doesn't it? December sorta. December (laughs) No, it doesn't. December is falling on my head. <laughs> oh my! But yeah, you know, t- trees, you know, trunks, trees, branches, uh, uh, the roots. You know, the earth divides those those things. Uh, so it, it again, it just seems like it's trees are used in so many mottos and so many uh, 
you know, for so many illustrations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The word tree comes from uh, a Greek word meaning oak, O-A-K. Oak, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Oak is one of the strongest trees. Mm-hmm. I sh- I'll go ahead and continue my knowledge of trees here. <laughs> <laughs> and there's another word that has the same root as the as tree does, and that's the word true. True they and actually, tree. Yeah, they actually have the same. I never made the connection. Mm-hmm. Same root. You know, true. Nothing grows as true as a tree heading north, I that's suppose. Right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. When I was a child, I used to – I. You know, we do odd things. We had Christmas trees, and I do would, we do we, we do, do odd things, or is it just I, you, Bill? I did odd things because <laughs> I, you know, people be looking for me. Where's Bill? Oh, oh, he's he's under the tree again. No, I did odd things too. Well, yeah, I think odd things. It's good to be odd. <laughs> yeah, it really is. But I would lay under the, I would lay on my back, and I would scooch up under the Christmas tree. We always had living trees, so they smelled wonderful. Oh yeah, we did too. And I would scooch my dad up. Dad would under, go out in the woods and chop oh, them down yeah. on somebody's property. Oh and my! The dead of night, you know, and we had. To and then you run home yeah what happened told on you Uh uh-oh but scooch under and look up and i would see the lights and the branches and we use the c7 bulbs old-fashioned bulbs and some were twinkling and i could hear them ping on and off and i could smell the tree and i would just lay there and look up at the at the branches from bottom to top and it was magical and i wasn't smoking or drinking anything and it was just it was just i would lie there for an hour or so i bet if there were birches around your house when you were growing up you would be like a swinger of them like in the robert frost poem, oh yes i remember that poem yeah. from from my poetry days but i i've forgotten it but it was a cool poem when, yeah when i see birches bend to left and right across the lines of straighter darker trees i like to think some boy's been swinging swinging on them yes <laughs> oh i've climbed many trees and uh, you know, damage some bird nests. I'm sorry, but I've, I've learned not to do that. So it's a long poem. That was just the opening lines. But the the lines in that poem that I really like is whenever toward the end, and he talks about he's philosophers philosophizing about trees, and right, he's trying right. to not do that so much. But then he he comes back and he says, "Earth's the right place for love. I don't know where it's likely to go better." Right. Yeah. So because you can swing up and try to reach the heavens, and you know you can have all of these these dreams and these visions and these lofty ideas of another world. Earth's the right place. Earth life. is the right place. Earth is the perfect combination for life. It's very rare that it has occurred, from what I'm understanding. So, why not just have something as magnificent as a tree on this planet? Why not? And one could do worse and than be could, a swinger of birches. That's one could do much worse. Is Robert Frost your favorite? poet on on, no. on on nature or do you have a favorite I, in, in, that's like asking who your favorite who your favorite <laughs> grandchild is i suppose i have none you know well i have two now so you can't ask uh, me you, that uh, no way uh-uh. you know i would ask my brother that you know which one of your which one of your children which one of your favorite left-handed children with with blue eyes do you like best i'm an only left-handed child you know she would try to dissuade that but yeah um I, I just a, a poet that can write about nature is one of my favorite poets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Seamus Haney is is wonderful. You know the wonderful Irish poet. I'm going to look him up. One, yeah, he's one. Seamus, I like the name Seamus. And, and Wendell Berry that I quoted from a little little bit ago. Uh, Mary Oliver, of course, is one that people really enjoy. That's my writing on my ones. paper here. And of course, our lovely Emily that oh Emily we'll Dickinson talk about yes. all the time. yeah. In fact, one of those those trees in that poetry exhibit, I'm remembering now, it was an Emily tree, and I used this dress form, and I wrapped a white, like, sheet or tablecloth or something around it, 
and then I had all these fake leaves. I somebody had thrown a giant fake tree out on the side of the road oh, down by they? our house. Yeah, <laughs> it was really it was kind of gross. It oh, okay, was falling apart like, like and one of those, one of those ficus things or something. No, it had big old leaves on it. though. Okay. so I salvaged the leaves and then I actually put lines of her poetry on the oh, leaves how cool. and then attached the leaves to the skirt right. of the Emily tree. That is very cool. Well, yeah, it, you know? it, it was neat looking. Well, at least I thought it was. Right. Repurposing. Do you know that I can cut down a dead tree just by looking at it? You you have that power. <laughs> it's you, true. I saw it with my own you eyes. You saw it with your own eyes? Ah! Who, need, who needs that X, X man, whatever his name is, with the, with the laser eyes? Who needs that? Who needs it? <laughs> People, if if Bill could reach me with his feet over there, he'd probably be kicking me because I, I like to tell jokes during these uh, during our podcast, but they're they're pretty lame. They're pretty lame, <laughs> and I always fall into them like a like a, a deer falling into a trap, you know, wide eyed. And I, you think one of these days I'd get the the punchline correct? You speaking of reaching, I'm going to reach behind me real fast. <laughs> what you got back there? I got There's a stick that I'm going to oh, knock you across the, the head for trying yeah. to get me with this. I shouldn't have said it. It is not a stick. It's a souvenir from a tree. I need to take a picture of that. We're going to get a picture of this because I walk my dogs and I I, I put this stick on a chair when I walk my dogs. I've never been attacked by anything, but I I, (laughs) not that this would do much damage. But I have seen the head of a snail on this souvenir from a tree. Uh I've seen a little dragon on the souvenir from a tree. I've seen I've seen a I've seen a a, a seahorse in the ocean. Uh uh, Walrus. uh, well, I, and I've not seen a walrus. You're, well, I'm, <laughs> well I'm, the tusks. I want some of what you're. I want some of what you're. What you're drinking. Uh, oh, okay. I see the walrus. I can see. I can water, see. Water. All I'm drinking is water. water. Well, I, that's true. Because you She's, didn't bring me anything. That, well, I, I, we, we, we don't know that. We don't know what's in the bag from Santa yet. But I see old lichen patterns here. You know. So I. Here, this is me. I, I'm so distracted. I'm looking at this. You know, wondering what I can find and whether I should, you know, put it inside the house or. You know, but I. It, it's the middle I, of the day, and I'm thinking about a drink, and Bill's sitting over here. <laughs> I'm thinking about <laughs> analyzing this. Analyzing stick a stick. He's holding in this front is of who, him. and this is who we are. This is why you must come see us. But yeah, I call this my souvenir from a tree. It was placed in my path, and I picked it up, and I've had it for several weeks. So you always pick up things that are uh, placed in your path. I do. There will be a leaf that, that's a different color. I'll pick it up and like, what does this look like? Or I'll, I'll take a picture of it, and I'm going to match it to a paint chip. <laughs> I'm always thinking, like this would be a good color for my door at the cabin. Okay. Yeah. Well, you are a thing finder too. I'm a You're thing a finder. I'm a thing finder, just like I oh, am. Oh yes, I'll find a snail shell that's been long discarded, and I think I must take this home. Yes, you I must, must take it home. This memory must occur. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Roxanne uh, brought two shells back from the ocean. Roxanne's my sister. Your sister, Roxanne, mm-hmm. and I. Thought I must put these on the ca- on the shelf at the cabin because I want to remember this, and I did. So, Yay. yeah, it's important, right? So, <clears throat> it is Christmas time. It's sort of the reason why I I picked this poem. It's a wonderful poem, but sort of because it's about a tree too. And so I was thinking about Christmas trees, and we've been talking about them and people are not really quite sure of the origin of the Christmas tree. You know, I, I looked that up. Of course, with almost everything uh, Christian holiday-wise, it started with pagans. Pagans. <laughs> so, <clears throat> uh, and um, so they use branches of evergreen trees to decorate their 
homes during mm-hmm. the winter solstice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't the Victorians start with the elaborate decorations? The wasn't was am I incorrect or Well one of the things that I was reading said it might have started with something called paradise trees and which were used in medieval German mystery or miracle plays that were acted out in front of churches during Advent on Christmas Eve. Interesting. And then Christmas trees, as they came to be known now, started maybe in the 1400s. Oh, that's... And and probably in Germany. Well, that predates the Victorian area by a few hundred years. Well, a little bit, yeah. Right, right. (laughs) Well, I might... I bet it was the Victorians that perfected the very elaborate... The ...decorating of the trees. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, they had nothing like putting a... Candle with 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 a you know living flame on a coniferous tree, which is like is a flame accelerant. Wonder how so, many houses burned down around Christmas oh, time. That would be a, that would be a good uh, uh, question for a statistics class. You know, if there are any records kept on on, on this. You know, all I know. Remember the, how hot the C seven bulbs got. The, the, they're no, the, the, I don't even know what you mean by C seven bulbs. Okay. I mean that's that's, that's language a, beyond my knowledge. I didn't go to college the, to learn about well, C seven bulbs. You, I'm sorry. Let me let me enlighten you. <laughs> it's it, it's it, it, they're about an inch long. It's the old fashioned bulbs for Christmas trees. And they, oh, just the, a really deep color. Deep color, ones? and yeah. you know the screw, the screw bulb. And uh, there's the C7 inside. C, C9 was outside. C7 was inside. What? Why, do I, why do I know this? <laughs> I was just going to ask you. I don't know. What does C stand for? Christmas? I think it's current. Oh. <laughs> current. Nine current, seven current, I believe. C7, C9. But you know, current, anyway, it was in current as a current wave or current raises. Uh, cur- uh, current of electricity. <laughs> you know, but I, I'm kind of a, offended in a way, and that of course I'm uh, that we keep, no, has, no longer did, using incandescent bulbs. Did I offend bulbs. you? Who has no, offended you? People that don't no longer let me buy the old fashioned, the old fashioned bulbs oh, because, they're, because they're, keep, they're incandescent. They're not. They're incandescent, which is not. They're worried about you, Bill. They're worried about me. They want you to burn your house down. My carbon footprint is probably bigger than it should be. But I really like the old, I like the glow of an incandescent bulb. I love that. And they're hard to find anymore. So I've got a stash. But I can't tell you where they are, but I got a stash of them. I got some. I, I got. I, I bought quite a few at the. At the you can't uh, at, tell me because you think I'm going to steal no, well, them, or you really I, don't know where they are. I can tell you, but I can't tell the public that I'm talking oh, to. Ah. But I did buy a bunch at the at Romp Rummage, by the way, in your in your Christmas room. You didn't even know you had them, but I sta- I, I got a whole bunch of them. So. <laughs> Stuff comes and goes in there, and I. And you never I, know. I you no will never know. There, there could be a Picasso come and go, and you'll be like, "Dang, that could have really benefited me," but I didn't know it was a Picasso. Hmm. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> Romper Image is a thrift store here in uh, Locust Grove that supports the museum. So anytime you come to the museum, you need to go by the. Oh, Rummage it's cool! Too. Yeah, there yeah. are treasures in there. You can yes. find any VHS tape you would ever want. Never want, and also I, I have never, <laughs> never bought. Want. I've never bought clothing there. <laughs> never, you'd never, you'd never want. Um, I've never bought clothing, but isn't it like a buck? A dollar. That Every is amazing to me. I've got to go clothes shopping there because there's got to be like a 1977 Led Zeppelin shirt there that I would just die for. Well, you'd probably you'd buy back a shirt you'd already donated, which is, you like, know, people do a lot. They buy hey, things. I, just, I remember that. Donate. Yeah. Oh, man. I used to have a shirt like that. It was really Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. That's the, the shirt. Those 70s rock star concerts, <laughs> T-shirts are high demand now, let me tell you. You know, big demand. Yeah. Um, when I was looking at other poems that might be about trees, I, I looked up Sarah Teasdale because she's one of my favorite old-timey poets 
and she wrote about nature a lot. And I'd forgotten she wrote a poem called There Will Come Soft Rains. Okay. <clears throat> there will come soft rains and the smell of the ground and swallows circling with their shimmering sound and frogs in the pool singing at night and wild plum trees and tremulous white. Robins will wear their feathery fire whistling their whims on a low fence wire. And not one will know of the war. Not one will care at last when it is done. Not one would mind, neither bird nor tree, if mankind perished utterly. And spring herself, when she woke at dawn, would scarcely know that we were gone. That's very true. <laughs> Life finds a way to continue, yes. whether we're here or not. Yes, you know, the birds and the trees. The birds and the don't trees. Give a frick yes, about don't, us. Absolutely not. Beautiful. Horrible human beings. I've often wondered, and I've seen I've seen Life After Humans uh, that that documentary. Yes. And if we didn't have nuclear stores, it would be. I guess everyone would be, would be okay. You know, every every creature. But I've I've thought the same thing. What would happen should we not be here any longer? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, this poem was written in 1918, so it, it was referencing World War One. But to, also, I found that it was published right in the middle of the flu pandemic. The flu pandemic, which yeah. mirrors what's going on now. Yeah, yeah. And then um, one of the reasons when I saw the poem, I'm like, oh, yeah, there was a Ray Bradbury a short story from the Martian Chronicles where he took this title for the title of his story. Oh, really? And I remember reading it. It was always in the anthologies, the English textbooks in uh, high school. And right. I, I remember reading it then. And it's a story like a lot of his things that he wrote, which – it's like the evils or the damage that can come when humans get too far removed from the natural world. That's true. Yeah. That is true. When you when you realize that we're when you don't realize we are part of it, mm-hmm. that's where the danger lies. Yeah. And in his story, I recommend you know if you've never read it or anybody out there, it's it's in the Martian Chronicles, his collection of short stories. And in it, in the story, it's an automated house. Mm-hmm. Everything's automatic, and uh, but no humans there. They're already gone. Mm-hmm. Or they've already been destroyed by nuclear. War and a tree crashes through this house and catches it on fire and burns it down. It's like one final, one final, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, act of the tree. I will remove this, yes. and we will have more room to grow. You know, <laughs> there was a there was a little cabin by on the ro- on our road to our house that was uh, killed by a tree, uh, and the the stack of the chimney still there. <laughs> one little act of defiance from this yeah. tree, I shall take you down. Yes, you know? and there is nothing you can do Nothing about you it. can do. Life goes on, doesn't it? Yes, mm-hmm. it does. That brings me to the question. If a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, that has annoyed me forever. Of course it makes a sound. Of course it makes a sound. And like the refrigerator light, when you close the door, it does go off because of that little lever. By the way, yeah, it's just thought I throw that out there. Well, yeah, that's just human arrogance. Yeah, the human can't hear it. It must not be. <laughs> it must not be real. Yeah, I, I, that is, I not, did not think of that. Yeah, screw yeah. the human arrogance. Says the truth. You know, the squirrels and the crickets hear that and they go run, running, <laughs> running for cover for a minute, and they forget about it and they're back yeah, to back yeah. to eating their Dumb nuts and stuff. It just doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Well, um, 
But this this poem is not by a dumb human. This poem is wonderful, and I thank you again, Journey, for letting us read it. And you're talk living about in, pos- it in you're living on in posterity like on, this, on this podcast. Yeah. And what would be? I thought I'd throw this out there. If you ever, you know, if Journey was ever wanting to come and just talk about this in a future podcast, that would be so cool to sit yeah. here and and say, you know, do you continue to write, and what might your other poems be, and do you still, mm-hmm. are you still an observer of trees? But I hope you are. I really yes. do. Yes. As as we are, you, you and I, Sean. Yes. Right. Yeah, and anybody else observing? Anybody else? Yes. Let us us know. WakeyPoemLife at gmail.com. Yes. All right. And Merry Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas Eve. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye bye.